Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello and welcome in. It is the Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Drew, the capable one at the controls. Bill Cameron in Nashville will reportedly be back on Monday. Although, I always warn you, you know, when Bill went on the cruise, I said, he might just decide he likes this way of life and retirement approaches. And he might just decide, you know, we might lose Bill on one of these vacations where he decides that's where he wants to live. I think it's a flip of a coin. I don't know if it's going to be Nashville, but but it could be one of those uh, one one of those certainly. So so we we hope to have Bill back on Monday. By all reports, things are going well. He's still executing trades in the fantasy baseball league. So there is there there are there there is proof of life uh, there with with different aspects of it. But uh, but yeah, by uh, and I imagine he's having a pretty good time. Nashville is a city where. Uh, you can you can find yourself a good time no matter what you're really into. So uh, yeah, can't wait to hear on Monday how everything is going uh, with uh, with Bill's uh, honky tonk vacation. We've got Jacob Goings. We've had a we've had a rotating group of people in the studio this week uh, since uh, Bill left after Monday's show. Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer came in on Tuesday. He is. Uh, he is down in Orlando, uh, taking in uh, the theme parks uh, down there. So he's he's uh, he was unavailable uh, for his usual appearance uh, yesterday, but he came in earlier in the week. We had uh, Jason Caldwell uh, from inside the Auburn Tigers. I, I was uh, I was on a podcast with Christian Clemente earlier this week, and I mentioned to Christian that I never know what to call. Jason's media outlet because it's changed a couple of times and it's evolved and merged. I still think of him and Mark Murphy as the guys from inside the Auburn Tigers, but that's, I mean, I come from the era where that was like a magazine that was printed and you could, you know, keep, I've seen big collections of it before and things like that. So, you know, it's, uh, he's still Jason from inside the Auburn Tigers to me, but, uh, Christian likes uh, Auburn 247 as sort of a shorthand for what they're doing there. I know Auburn Undercover is another name they mm-hmm. use, and so there's a, di- there's a couple of them. I always say Auburn 247 when we bring Christian on our show. So, Yeah, I, th- I think so. And, and there's, um, uh, you say Auburn 247? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. That's Jacob Goins, by the way, from, from, uh, uh, from, from On the Line. I know I mentioned a little bit earlier, but Jacob uh, sitting in for the, uh, for the two hours today. A busy, uh, a busy last 24 hours or so, because since, since the drive ended, we've had just an Auburn men's basketball We've had a commitment. We've had a uh, we, we've had a decommitment. We've had a hiring of, mm-hmm. of a player that, of a coach that, that could end up being a pretty significant thing. So it's a uh, uh, th- this is a uh, you know it's it's a, it's a really it's an interesting time for Bruce Pearl. This could be an important weekend for Bruce Pearl because you never know who might be on campus and and the portal is open. I mean I think every weekend the portal is open is is significant both both in. Uh, football and men's and women's basketball, and so it's uh, uh yeah we'll, we'll talk about everything that's happened with uh, with Bruce Pearl and company in the last few uh, in, in the last in the last day or, or so, and we'll do it with Jacob, and we'll take your calls three three four three two one thirteen ninety the number to dial. 
You can uh, that that's the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn also sponsors our number one of the drive. Uh, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, right off South College, uh, off of Exit 51. Uh, drop drop in and see them, and uh, they sponsor the hotline three three four three two one thirteen ninety. They sponsor uh, the, and, and they sponsor our number one. The text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors three three four five six four eighteen forty. You can text the show that way. Southeastern Industrial Contractors also sponsors the. Uh, uh, the, the the podcast, which is available however you listen uh, to podcasts. So, Jacob, uh, I imagine uh, for the last uh, couple of hours, you guys have been talking about the, uh, the 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 different headlines we've had in men's basketball yes. over, over the last year. So, of the three, of the hiring of an assistant coach, the decommitment of very highly touted player from the class of 2024 and the commitment of a player from the transfer portal that will play next year uh which one do you which one strikes you as the most significant news well i think going into our show on the line from two to four we had two of those two of those were news at the time because you had the hiring of a new assistant coach to replace west flanagan and then you also had the decommitment this morning of lebaron Filan, and auburn fans were they were worried, right, because he's a very highly rated recruit. Uh, he's a very talented player, and his ceiling is pretty high, yet he still has some time in high school. He's about a year and a half away from being on a college campus, but his ceiling is pretty high. And so going into our show, that was the biggest storyline. But then halfway through the first hour of our show, we got the breaking news that Auburn picked up a commitment out of the transfer portal, Cheney Johnson from UAH. And that seems to be, in our opinion, in my opinion, the biggest storyline because of what he can be for Auburn at a three, possibly a four position for the Tigers. Yeah, I understand one. And and the fact that Cheney, I mean, Cheney Johnson is such an unknown as both a... Uh, you know, as, as a D2 player and a veteran in, mm-hmm. in college basketball, that, that I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of impact he can have on this team. There are a couple of different ways you can take the, the Cheney Johnson news. With, with regards to Phylon, I understand disappointment because people you know, heard so much about him and got to see him a couple of times this year and, and were imagining, you know, maybe this is the point guard that finally sort of, you know, if, if he lands in the right situation, he can unlock Bruce Pearl's system uh, in, in a way that, I mean, as, as good as Sharif was, and, and I mean, it's unfair because I think people associate. Uh, uh, I mean, I think, I think Harper is the guy that people think of first and foremost as the point guard that's run the system uh, to, to its uh, to its peak potential. Javon McCormick's season was very, very good, and they were playing great basketball until the NCAA tournament was canceled because of COVID nineteen. And then with Sharif Cooper, that team had depth problems and lineup problems outside of just Sharif, and and there was the Sharif eligibility stuff. I was so, to say he didn't play much anyway. Exactly. So I think there's um, uh, there's there's a couple of different uh, you know reasons why the point guard thing hasn't uh, clicked the way they imagined. And Wendell Green had a good career over two seasons. It's just you know, I don't know between the, uh, the the times this year when when it seemed like Wendell's offense wasn't uh, wasn't totally clicking and the. Uh, and and the postseason struggles. You know, I, I I wonder how Wendell will be remembered. You know, among Auburn's point guards. But yeah, I think people thought. Maybe Phylon down the road could be the one who unlocks all of this, and Auburn could get. I mean, I, you never say never with these things, but it's it's probably a bad sign that that he's he's decommitting. And I wonder if I wonder if it has anything to do with West Flanagan or uh, yeah, with, with West Flanagan deciding to leave. 
which is something he mentioned, not Wes Flanagan by name, but he did mention the the change in staff a little bit for Auburn had a little bit to do with that, and I'm sure that's a true statement. And those suspicions, I think, would be confirmed if he ends up at Ole Miss. Like, if, if, if he ends up following Wes Flanagan to Ole Miss, which just made a change to, to Chris Beard, and I think will be... I mean, based on Chris Beard's track record as a coach, you would think that Ole Miss will be competitive and soon. Now, uh, has the scandal tainted him in a way that will hurt him uh, from from acquiring talent the way he's been able to acquire talent for his system in the past? I don't know. Rem- remains to be seen. Uh, but he, he went out and got a coach that I respect tremendously in in West Flanagan, yes. and he's got uh, you know m- maybe they're in the maybe they're in play. Uh, for for the point guard that just decommitted from Auburn today from the class of 2024, 2024, uh, Leandro Filon. Yeah, and they very well might be. And and if that is where that goes, then then good for him, good for Filon, and good for Wes Flanagan and Ole Miss. But I don't think Auburn fans, even before Bruce Pearl picked up the commitment of Chaney Johnson from the transfer portal, this was not a, a situation for Auburn fans to think the sky is falling. Is it a loss? And, and yes, it absolutely is a loss for LeBaron Finland to not be committed to Auburn anymore. It, could he come to Auburn still? Technically, yes. But as you said, I don't think that's where this is going to go. It's still a loss, and it still hurts for him not to be coming to Auburn. But the fact that you back that up with a commitment of Chaney Johnson, who is similar size, not really similar position, but that helps, and Auburn's not done. And I think that's what is really, really important to note here. And Auburn's going to be okay, and it's important for them to go out and continue to build through the transfer portal and through high school recruiting. And that's, I mean, we talk about, I think, football and basketball now as almost year-to-year situations for everyone. And so, not to minimize what Phylon could become as a college basketball player, but I find myself struggling to get excited about class of 24 recruits or class of 25 recruits because so much could change between now and then. Right. I mean, I'd like to imagine that you know, head coaching situations won't change at Auburn between now and then. But, but the, you know, thing, things, chaos reigns, it right? Happens, and, and, yeah. Anything can happen. So uh, I, I think it's, um, and, and they're still looking at 2023. You know, you have a roster that has. Uh, Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson on it, presumably. I mean, that alone. With could, Denver Jones coming in at the with, two. With, with Denver Jones, all of whom have eligibility the following year. And that, and that, uh, maybe Denver Jones is, is out of eligibility after the season. I, I forget how much. Uh, he should have two years. Does he have two? Okay. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, everyone, the, of the three players there, all of them could be back on the team that Leandro Filon would have come in for. So maybe there's also a concern about logjam at, at, at guard and, and something like that. We'll see, we'll see where he ends up, but Chaney Johnson. Uh, pivoting a little bit to the the transfer that Auburn picks up from Huntsville, uh, the uh, th- this is a guy who, I mean, if if he can contribute at the three, and we'll see what he ends up being if he's a three, if he's a four, if he can contribute at forward for Auburn. I mean, between you know, depending on who stays healthy, I, I we we've wondered before his commitment, we've wondered this week, well, what is Auburn really looking for out there? I mean, do they? I think some of it depends on what Alan Flanagan decides to do, but but are they? You know, they're, they're looking. It seems like for unless something really special comes available in the portal, I think they're looking for veteran depth that fits what they're looking. And and then if there's somebody they view as a high priority superstar, you know, they're they're going to make their play for them. But at the at forward especially, like th- this is th- this is someone who not to minimize what he could end up being, because maybe he comes in and he's the best player. Of of the bunch, I mean, we, he's he's something of an X factor in that regard. But but with Jalen Williams and Janiah Broom 
in the draft but expected to return is, is the sense I get. Uh, Auburn has a lot of minutes at, at forward they feel good about. And I wonder how many more they were looking to add in the portal or they are looking to add, especially at, at, at big. And, and then if Alan Flanagan leaves, then I think a lot more minutes open up. But this is, this is, a, this is a meaningful acquisition for Auburn. It is. And I think with Janai Broom and Jayla Williams, you mentioned them declaring for the draft while retaining their eligibility. They're going to test the waters but they will be back on Auburn's roster. I mean, they will be playing for Auburn next year. I, I don't have any any doubts in that, but I also don't blame them for testing it out and getting some information from the NBA, from NBA scouts, execs, whatever, to tell them, okay, here's what, here's where you stand right now, but I expect them to be back. And with Jalen Williams still on the roster and bringing in a guy like this transfer, uh, Chaney Johnson, I think, and something we talked about on On the Line a little bit ago, we have seen Jalen Williams, at his very best, be possibly the best player on Auburn's team. He's got the athleticism. He has the shooting ability. He has the playmaking ability when he finds that alpha dog within him. Now, we don't always get that from Jalen Williams. And so we started having the conversation of, could this have been a move from Bruce Pearl and company, bringing in a guy at Cheney Johnson who can play that three and four, who has the size and who has the, all the potential in the world, could this be a move by Bruce Pearl and staff to bring in a guy like this to push Jalen Williams some more and say, look, there is now somebody who can start in your spot if he translates from Division Two to the SEC Division One level. Is Chaney Johnson as good as Jalen Williams? Probably not right now, but I think he could be. And I think now there would then be an opportunity to play both of them at the same time. Yeah, I just I wonder how much... I wonder how much improvement is to be expected from Jalen Williams in college basketball at this point. I don't even played, think it's improvement. You know what I mean? Just because he's played, he's played so much. I wonder if at some point, you know, that that's what you're getting. It'd be in, more in consistency for me. Yeah, yeah, and and I think you know, game to game consistency, or even uh, you know, minute to minute, you know, mm-hmm. consistency. I I understand that, but I I wonder if if there's you know going to be a drastic statistical improvement. From from Jalen Williams this year, or if there needs to be, I mean he's, he was a you know a guy averaging double digits and you know be you know remaining one of the best rebounders on a major conference contender, you know doesn't need to you, you know it, it's it's all relative right as far as how how much improvement Auburn truly needs from uh, so, from from someone like Jalen Williams, but I think adding depth, adding options at the three, the four, and the five, and that's what I want to ask you. What is your read on where on where Cheney Johnson would fit in? What 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 is he sort of because you know we we've talked about Alan Flanagan as someone who has a decision to make. Is is Cheney Johnson someone who who fits in a smaller lineup? Could he be playing alongside Jalen and Janai, or is this someone who would probably be playing uh, to spell? either Jalen or Janai as, as, as one of the true bigs? I think either or. Uh, I think there would be options for both. I think if you were to go with Chaney Johnson and Jalen Williams and Janai Broom on the floor, that's a really big lineup, including possibly Trey Donaldson and Denver Jones. If you just want to go the biggest lineup possible, one through five, that's where you would go. And if Chaney Johnson, and again, here's what's important to remember, he's a Division II player, not knocking on that, but he will have to adjust his game and step up to the SEC Division One Power 5 level, Power 6 level in college basketball. But he will have to step his game up. 
I, more of a more of a three, I think, than a four with Cheney Johnson. I mean, because because he's listed even nominally as a guard, but he's a six 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 guard. Yeah, you know, in in some ways. So I, I you know I could see him. I think it's I don't know trying to find a comparison to him. Uh, the, the fact that Auburn was in on Devin Cambridge, mm-hmm. which is another piece of news that, that I think which probably, is shocking yeah, to me. Yeah. I, I just don't understand that. Well, I mean, Oregon is a place that can that can make a tempting offer on the recruiting trail. It was you know, just even, weird, even in basketball, and and you wonder, you know, that, that's still. For for guys thinking about their futures, there are a couple of schools where uh, their connections in, in different in different uh, you know. If, if I think the Nike thing has always been a big uh, you know, it's, it's been a big uh, d- d- force of attraction for uh, for folks thinking about Oregon. And I, I wonder if that got to Devin. It was just weird to me that he went from one Pac-12 school from Arizona State to another Pac-12 school in Oregon. It's a very good. Uh, it's it's a it's a, a solid program they've had there lately too. I know they didn't make the tournament. Uh, this past season, but but they're they're a, a team that uh, you know I, I feel like there's confidence that Oregon can turn things around in a hurry, and, and Devin Cambridge looks like he might be part of that. They also picked up Cario Aquindo from Georgia. He committed there today. I don't know if you saw that. So they picked up Devin Cambridge and Aquindo from Georgia. So two pretty high level transfer portal players for the Ducks. You mentioned that Auburn might not be done, and uh, and I wonder. I mean, the the thing I keep expecting, and and again, I've been sort of out of the loop today because I had some some business to get. Done. I sound like I sound like Bill. I have not been working in the yard, uh, but but the no, but you know what? Let's take a break and we'll continue this conversation because we're almost uh, we're, we're up against it here. So we'll be back with more. You are listening to the Friday edition of the Drive. Stick around. Time to churn up some more yardage on the Drive. Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390, toll free at 888 382 7502, or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Friday edition of the drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Drew. Capable as always at the controls. I was blindsided by the news about uh, a gem of an outing by a Cubs pitcher earlier today, Drew Smiley, uh, who uh, who is uh, near and dear to me as as uh, you know someone on my fantasy team, but also uh, just a pitcher I've liked for a while. Who you know I knew he was starting against the Dodgers today. I, I uh, saw that the Cubs had gotten on the board early. But I hadn't paid much attention after that, and it turns out it took a while for the. Uh, I believe the Dodgers are still waiting to get on the board. Is that correct, Drew? They, yeah, did they, did they, they? Yeah, it's uh, it's over, and they did not score. And uh, how many? Of the, how many did the Cubs score? Thirteen. Third, okay, so yeah, so a thirteen nothing victory for uh, Drew's Cubs over uh, over my uh, beloved Los Angeles Dodgers, who are you know maybe maybe just catching up. You know, the, some of the debts of the past are catching up a little bit this season, and you know until. Uh, yeah, it could could just be a year of wait until Otani signs with him. So we'll see what uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. But and, and he'll and won't he look good in, in that uniform in, in just a, in just a couple of months? Three three four three two one thirteen ninety is the number to dial. And uh, Drew, you know, hey, it hurts because it's true, right, Drew? You know, deep down. You know, deep down, that might be what's going on. Okay. Quit, quit trying to speak that into existence. Well, the Yankees, the Yankees could play into it too. I mean, I think there's a couple different. Well, the problem is there's like I think there are eight fan bases. That are telling themselves, wait till Otani's here next year, and you know, seven of at least seven of them are going to be are going to be disappointed. But you know, I I, I think I know where where my money is. We were talking more Auburn basketball during the break, Jacob, and I think a couple a couple interesting points came up. One, for folks disappointed about Phylon, and and I I get it. I'm not trying to minimize it. Like I understand the excitement to, to see him at Auburn, but with Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson this year. 
I mean, the notion that, like, I, I can understand why if you have one of those two guys excel, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be difficult to imagine point guard being a hot destination on the recruiting trail because Auburn could have someone really special playing the position that, you know, it, it's, I mean, if, if Auburn, and I know it's a big if, but like, if either Holloway or Trey Donaldson can show that they are ready to play a lot of minutes at a high level at point guard, then you're feeling good about that position in the short term and maybe even you know more than just I mean granted there's the NBA but maybe more than just the short term you know depending on depending on how things play out you're probably getting greedy to think all right we're going to have those two guys playing well and add a, a high level point guard from uh, for, from from the high school ranks so I can understand uh, folks uh, keeping their options open and I think that's probably why you saw LeBaron Phylon back his commitment off of Auburn is playing time because like you said if one or both Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson become that dude at the point guard position I just don't know if Phylon was going to get the minutes that he was looking for because he's a guy that probably believes he can be that guy at a program like Auburn and so with Auburn already being pretty set at the point guard position and Denver Jones coming in as a two-year starter at the two, LeBaron Phylon was going to have to compete at the highest level. I'm not saying he didn't want to do that, but he could go somewhere else and be the guy. I would believe that the relationship with Wes Flanagan played a bigger role than the playing time thing. Just just because I wonder if he's the kind of guy that thinks he's going to win the job no matter where he goes. Like I, but, be. But, but at the same time, I don't think Auburn, even without Phylon in 2024, and... and there's no, I have no idea what the Auburn roster is going to look like this time next year. That's one of the things that has changed. As much turnover as we see on rosters in college football, the way things have changed in college basketball, where it is now virtually impossible to offer assurances about what a roster is going to look like in a year. There's no more, all right, he's going to wait two, three years and learn the position, and then he's going to come in as Heck a... no. And, like there's, and there were coaches that specialized in that. And they're retiring every year because that era is over. It is long and, yeah, gone. Yeah. And, and so like I, I think it would have been... And we'll see what happens with, with Phylon. But in the short term, even, even without Phylon in the picture... I don't know if point guard looks like a weakness at the moment for Auburn. I want to see, but it's a question mark because Trey Donaldson has limited time as a college point guard, was a, was a reserve for Auburn last season, and then Aiden Holloway's coming in from high school. Want to see what those two guys can do. Cheney Johnson, and you know, we, we talk, I think he's a four in a very small lineup. We speculated on that earlier in the week, but, but Auburn seems to be adding him to be a three. I mean, we were talking about him pushing Jalen Williams, and, and there, there could be you know, some competition there, but I would imagine that, that Chaney Johnson would be more of a, like that's, that's a, he, he could be the starter at the three, depending on who else Auburn brings in and who leaves, uh, but he could be somebody who provides depth and three-point shooting at the two and the three and some valuable minutes, and that matters because we've seen uh, reserve forwards uh, and and spot starters and look if he, and if he if he grows into a starter or if he's a starter from day one that's wonderful too it's tough to project a D two player right because I I don't know right. I don't know the exchange rate on those numbers I don't know what you know how it how it translates to a, a bigger level it's it's a little bit like projecting a JUCO player mm-hmm. where I mean he, you could be a you'd be a thirty point scorer. In junior college, and that means you show up, and that might mean twenty points a game in the SEC. That might mean two points a game in the SEC, and I've, I've seen, right. it, seen it happen both ways. So with Cheney Johnson, I think Auburn would would love to get minutes at the two and the three, and some shooting, 
and and some and you better defend or else you're not going to play for Bruce Pearl. And that's and the they, thing. And if they get that in even short supply, I think it's a positive investment. I think about like a guy like Malik uh, Malik Dunbar mm-hmm. was was a really productive player off the bench. Didn't play a ton of minutes, but but maximized his minutes for for Auburn when uh, uh, w- when he was called upon. And that's the thing, as a D two player, you know he averaged sixteen points a game, six and a half boards, shot seventy six percent from the free throw line, thirty seven percent from three, and that's something that Auburn just doesn't have on a consistent basis on the current roster. Now, you're bringing in some guys that are shooters, uh, but Cheney Johnson did that at the D2 level, and those are, are great points, Dan. You just don't know how that's going to translate and how quickly that's going to translate from D2 to Division One SEC Power 6 college basketball. And the... the um I mean, I, I think Auburn might not be done. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But, but this this does address a need. And the one thing I do feel good about is the three point shooting percentage because that number, that that line doesn't move. Like that, you're thirty thirty eight percent three point shooter. You know, that tells me you get a, you get a guy in a more favorable situation where where he can uh, you know where, where the defense has to worry about some other players. You know, we'll see what he can do. But Auburn, get him an open shot. Auburn I mean, Auburn could need you know Auburn needs some guys who could uh, who, who can convert open shots. I think uh, for for the for, for this year's team and and moving forward. So that's that's a nice it's a nice pickup and a guy that some recruit again flying blind on this. Most guys in the transfer portal. You know, I, not, I'm not saying I've seen every team in college basketball because I haven't, but a lot of guys in the transfer portal I can tell you about. Oh yeah, I remember him from 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 this game or that game or this. You know, I I, I am Auburn played an exhibition. I did not attend it against against UAH uh, early early in the season, and uh, and I was I was unable to go. I'd have more of a view on Cheney Johnson there, but otherwise, I mean, this is a guy the recruiting services seem to like. And when we talked about what Auburn would be looking for in the portal, uh, he checks. Uh, some of those boxes, uh, I just uh, you know I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what he is because this is a because uh, a guy coming from a lower level, but I'm excited to see what the potential and uh, played at a high level in Alabama high school basketball before before going to UAH. Played at Thompson, yeah, yeah un- under recruited probably at Thompson. When you think about the fact that now he's now he's finding his way to Auburn. The expectation for Cheney Johnson should not be day one starter, and I think if you let him come in and be a, a developmental player and get from D two to SEC, he could be a starter down the road. Absolutely. But but lightning strikes sometimes, and a guy comes up from a, a JUCO level or a D2 level or even a low mid-major level, and he shows up in the conference. You're right about you that. Know, I, I don't know if people saw Zepp Jasper coming <laughs> necessarily. I know Very there was fair. some recruiting services that liked him, but a little small school guy that made a, made a big impact here at Auburn. We'll be back with more. You are listening to the Friday edition of The Drive. The Drive. The Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. All right, welcome in. It is hour number one of the Friday edition of The Drive. Dan and Jacob in the studio. Drew at the controls, the capable one. And you know what we've got, Drew, Jacob? We've got a pair 
This is Drew's favorite time of the show. Yeah, I know. Drew, get your uh, pencils up, Drew. Uh, we, we've, got a, uh, we've got a pair of tickets for Saturday's game, Auburn and Mississippi State. We've got a pair of tickets for Sunday's game, Auburn and Mississippi State baseball this weekend. The Sunday game features the uh, fellow who throws with both arms. Uh, they, uh, Mississippi State's got a, 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 a switch pitcher uh, going on the mound Sunday. That, that's reason enough to want these tickets. See a guy who switches, uh, switches hands, and it's like a magic trick. So, you gotta, uh, so, so we've got tickets to Saturday's game and tickets to Sunday's game to the next person who wants them, 334-321-1390. Call Drew, tell them your information. Phone lines lighten up as we've got people already in the mix. And I'll tell you what, Blaine was on the phone uh, when we did this. So let's get Blaine on the line, if we can, and then we'll ask, you know, Blaine, if you want tickets, they're yours, too, uh, just in case, because you, you, you called before we did this, and I, I want to be, uh, and fair's fair. Blaine, you're on the air. How, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? Doing all right. Hey, you want baseball tickets for this weekend, Saturday or Sunday? Yeah, yeah I'll take them. I'll take them. You want Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. I'll take Saturday. All right, we got a pair of Saturday tickets waiting for you uh, here at the uh, at the radio station uh, just off of uh, just off of Dean. We'll, we'll we'll get you before I tell you what when the phone when your call's over we'll give your information to Drew and we'll uh, we'll, we'll get you on there. These these are for Blaine. I right, thank you, sir. All right, so all right, so Blaine, Blaine, uh, you, you called before we gave the tickets away. What's on your mind? I, I, just, I just wanna, what do you think? What do you think about the uh, that uh, McCall quarterback? So I watched a lot of Sunbelt football this year, uh, not yeah. not because I have a gambling problem, because that's not it's the reason a lot of folks <laughs> the reason a lot of folks watch Sunbelt football. But no, it's um, Grayson McCall. I mean, Coastal Carolina's offense has been so exciting these last couple of years, and J- Jamie Chadwell was a, a frequent uh, a frequent topic of conversation uh, with the uh, yeah help help Jacob help Drew as best you can over there with the tickets. Uh, no, Grayson was a frequent topic of conversation, and and, J- and Jamie Chadwell was somebody that that folks thought you know could maybe had a future as a major conference uh, college football coach. I, I would think that. Grayson McCall, if he jumped into the portal, and we don't know exactly what he's doing, uh, he might stay at Coastal Carolina and play another year. That's the problem is nobody really right. knows. If if McCall goes into the portal, I think he'd be a fit at Auburn. The problem is, I think they're, just like we were saying with uh, with everybody who's going to want Otani you know, when he's a free agent, I think there are a ton of programs that look at Grayson McCall as an upgrade over what they currently have at quarterback and a much more proven option than what they have at quarterback. And I think there could be a crazy market for him if he made himself available in the portal between now and the start of the season. Right. Right. So so Auburn, I mean, would I expect Auburn to be a player? Yes, absolutely. Would I expect several other heavyweight players for, for Grayson McCall? Is there a situation in Gainesville Right now, where there's a coach who better win this year if he wants to keep his job and doesn't have a good option at quarterback, seemingly, on the roster right now? Absolutely. And there are a couple other places in college football where coaches are feeling the heat and would think of Grayson McCall as a soothing balm to stop that heat. What do you think, what do you think the odds of him going to Auburn versus Florida would be? Oh, if he did get the portal. Yeah. I, that's a that's a tough that's a hard hitting question. And again, it all comes back yeah. to 
it all comes back to nobody truly knows what his status is because if you remember, it all comes back to whether he can graduate on time to get to Auburn or to Florida. Let's say everything in a perfect situation and he graduates on time and he's in the portal and it comes down to Florida versus Auburn. I mean, it could... I would like to think Auburn would be a favorite there over Florida just because of the buzz around the Auburn program, around what Hugh Freeze has done and who will be coming in to Auburn. But that's not to say Florida doesn't have great players in a great program and great facilities down there too. So, I mean, you could honestly put it at a coin toss on if it came down to Auburn versus Florida for Grayson McCall. But I would like to think Florida would, or Auburn rather would lean in the favorite side for Grayson McCall. Yeah, yeah, we still have yeah, yeah okay. appreciate the phone call, Blaine. So, so his question about uh, the uh, you know the odds—it's tough to handicap. It's an interesting question of if you're a quarterback. Let's forget Grayson, Grayson McCall for a second. If you're a quarterback in the portal, worried about having the best possible 2023 season, and your final options are Auburn and Florida, like what's the better situation right now? I wish I knew more about Florida's roster at the skill positions and such. I know they've had a lot of upheaval, and you know, I I just. I like Billy Napier, and, and I think speaking of the Sun Belt, like I think that what he was able to do at Louisiana is really, really impressive. Um, but he walked into a Harsonian sort of situation there in Gainesville, where I, I think people were uh, they they weren't aware of how much work the roster needed, and they expected better results in recruiting right out of the right out of the gate than they got. Now I think Billy Napier understands the importance of recruiting and is trying his absolute hardest to build a great roster on the recruiting trail, which could be uh, you know, a reason why... It, it, that, that, that's maybe where some of the comparisons between you know, Hart, where, where Napier and the previous Auburn coaching staff you know, sort of stop. But if Billy Napier doesn't have a good season this year, mm. I, I could see... You know, I could see the barbarians at the gate. Like I could see, which I just don't think it's fair. But the expectations at a place like Florida are just so high that it's tough to it's tough to survive when you, and especially in today's game of college football, where it seems the expectation, which is unfair, is two to three years. You better be winning. Well, and what's making it worse for Billy Napier, I think, is that someone like Hugh Freeze shows up at Auburn, and there's a not a. I mean, I mean, it's it's a very significant wave of transfer players picking a school that that wasn't very good last year in in football. This, the the record wasn't very good, right. and yet and yet there are recruits choosing it anyway. And I think there are Florida folks, and maybe not just Florida, but but I think there are probably folks saying, uh, you know, why why aren't why aren't more players in the portal choosing us that way? So it's it's uh, uh yeah, it, it it's a uh, it's it's gonna be. It, the, the the question of of it starts at a Grace McCall level, but moving to yeah, what, what's what's the situation like, and and what sort of thin ice is Billy Napier on? It's a mm-hmm. fascinating question. One of the storylines of of the of the season coming up this year, right? And and again, if you are a high school recruit, or if you're a high level transfer quarterback, or running back, or linebacker, or whatever it may be, and Auburn and Hugh Freeze come knocking on the door. And Billy Napier and Florida come knocking on the door. Which one are you going to choose, right? Which one, which one is a more attractive location to go right now, given the direction of the programs, given the head coaches that are there and the momentum that is behind each one of those? 
I would like to think that Auburn is the is the better option because of the direction that the program is going versus Florida, where it seems like after just one year, Billy Napier is already on a small hot seat. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that at the moment, I mean, it's it's it would seem as though Hugh Freeze has had a better last few months than Billy Napier. Now, now I don't know if that is enough to swing it. You know, if, if that's going to be enough to win a head-to-head recruiting battle for a a top player in the portal, if that's what materializes. Uh, but you're right; they they seem to be trending in different directions. Now it's the off season. You know that, that that all changes when guys get on the on the field. But I would not want to go into a must-win season with that kind of quarterback situation, right? Like it's it's one thing to enter into the job and have a grace period where you're playing the upside at quarterback and figuring out what you got. You know, I I don't I don't think Billy Napier has that luxury. And, no, and if and if they're bad this year, um, you know, it it could be you know it 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 could it could be pandemonium in in Gainesville and and maybe a coach a new a new coach there uh, in in twenty twenty in twenty twenty four. But Dan, he's about to put a quarterback in the NFL that's going to be the next best yeah, thing. I, you know, and, and I and no, and, and I don't you know even that one like if if somebody took Anthony Richardson later in the draft and said, I'm going to groom this guy into a top-notch player, I'd buy it. But to take someone in the top five, you need a return on your investment. Well, I think you need a return on your investment quickly. And and I feel like that guy needs to be pretty special to justify the pick. And that's you know that, that would make me, investing that kind of draft capital in Anthony Richardson makes me extremely nervous. Nice pivot to the NFL draft there, Jacob, which we will carry. Here on ESPN 106.7 in its entirety, wall-to-wall coverage of, of the NFL draft next week right here on ESPN 106.7. We will have a short show a week from today. Uh, the drive's only going an hour because we want people to hear every pick of the uh, of the draft. Congratulations to Blaine, uh, Tanya, and John for winning uh, some baseball tickets there. Uh, dr- while we were talking to Blaine, Drew was working uh, frantically uh, to, to keep... Uh, uh, to, to keep everybody and, and keep everything organized, but yeah, we, we gave some tickets away. I think is that Drew? Is that is that all the tickets that we've given away? Drew is saying no. We might we might have more to give away in hour number two. So still chances to win uh, some Auburn baseball tickets. Auburn and Mississippi State this weekend. A you know not not to dip into the cliche bag here, but a a must win series for Auburn if you look at and that's not to say look if they go one and two this weekend so maybe it's not a must win series they go one and two and the glimmer of hope is still there but if if you if you look at who Auburn still has to play in the conference and their win loss record at the moment if if you if you can't win this series at home against Mississippi State the path to 12 13 conference wins which is probably where you need to be to make it to the SEC tournament and to have a real shot at making the postseason, even as the last team in, which is all you need. Ole Miss won the championship as the last team in, but to keep that window open and and, and to keep you know the path uh, so, somewhat manageable, you you probably need to win at least two and maybe all three of them this weekend against a team that is dead last in the SEC in ERA in conference play. This is now Auburn's. Auburn's uh, you know getting the silver medal. Yeah, <laughs> there yeah. Auburn, Auburn can't say much about yes. it. it. I mean, it's. Do you know? Do, we we looked at it earlier this week. It would be reasonable based on ERAs in conference play. Not a really small sample size. We're talking two two teams that have played fifteen SEC games. Auburn's at, Auburn's got an eight ERA as a team. Gosh. Ole Miss has a nine. Or I'm sorry, Mississippi State has a nine ERA as a team. So in theory, you should expect a run an inning 
based on the averages of these two pitching staffs. I mean, it, and, and Auburn, maybe there will be one inning where Auburn doesn't give up a run. But based on how these two teams have played in conference, yeah, the, the state's, state's given up nine runs a game. Auburn's given up eight. Like yeah. it's it's a uh, you know it's it's uh, it's 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 shocking and it's at two places that have had success in very I mean two teams that have had recent trips to the College World Series uh, m- multiple recent trips to the College World Series but but struggling out the gate in, uh, in, in on, on the mound and I think one of these two teams going to be really disappointed if they if they can't take the series and it's important to remember you brought up the SEC tournament where not all teams make the SEC tournament and so you do have to win a certain amount of games compared to the rest of the conference and Auburn is teetering on that right now when you look at the bottom portion of the SEC West it's Mississippi State Auburn and Ole Miss the two Mississippi schools who have won the last two national championships in college baseball so this is a series for Auburn where technically you don't have to have it, but you need to have the mindset that you have to have it this weekend because you look at Mississippi State, this is not a team this year as good as they have been historically. Both them and Auburn are 5-10 and 10 in conference play. You have to be able to take care of business at home against a Mississippi State team that is down this year if you want to have a chance to make it to Hoover and then try to make a, a a great run in Hoover and make it to uh, make it to the postseason uh, for for Auburn. And so I think the mindset has to be: you have to have the series this weekend against Mississippi State. There's going to be a lot of people in town. Bo Jackson throwing out the first pitch tonight at yeah. Plainsman Park. How about that? Yeah, it should, should be should be really cool. Yeah, Bo bikes Bama. I know doing events around campus. A very cool cause. Saw on social media. You got some pictures of uh, I think Hugh Freeze uh, riding around on a bike among other folks. So yeah, it's always very special. Bo spoke at my graduation. Uh, you know, fun, fun fact. It was okay. Uh, he, I mean, he was announced. He didn't just go get up there and grab the microphone. Although he would have allowed that. It's Bo Jackson, but nobody's going to tell him. Yeah, no. Bo, yeah, yeah. Got, snuck a uh, snuck a fist bump uh, with uh, w- with Bo there when I uh, when, when I graduated from this fine institution. Uh, the uh, the, the series, yeah, just just really, really important stuff for Auburn th- this weekend because it's you're run, you're running out of you're running out of opportunities, and, and this this feels like a chance to make some hay while the sun is shining. And if if uh, if, if Ole Miss comes into Auburn and and wins the series, you know that that win loss record, you know th- things are starting to get kind of dire uh, with with just four series left on the on the schedule and two of them against teams that have a very real chance at the national championship. South Carolina, number six team in the country. LSU, the number one team in the country. Those series are back-to-back after this series against State. Yeah, I, I got to go to the um, – I mean, I'm, I, I go when I can, but I'm, I'm going to try to make it to the game where uh, where, where Paul Skeens is, is playing the, the, the LSU pitcher, the, the, the Air Force transfer that is you know, one of the you – know, just a really special – College baseball player to uh, to be viewed as a a, a high level draft prospect. First of all, to end up at a service academy uh, at at a high school. Yeah, uh, you know, sh- shouts to anybody who makes that decision. By the way, but but also uh, to uh, uh, yeah to to then uh, decide you know yeah I'm, I'm going to pursue the pro thing. And he's a draftable prospect, Otani esque in that. I think if he focused on one or the other, he would still be viewed as a potential superstar. And yet, without specializing in one or the other. He's able to do them both at a high level, and I, I wonder what what uh, uh you know what 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 his career uh, could end up looking like. We got to take a break. We're, we're up against it, but we will be back with more. Uh, congratulations again to the winners of the tickets. We'll have some more for you in hour number two. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the drive. Let's get back to the drive 
The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Hour number one of the Friday edition of the drive, Brett. We are we are just about out of time for hour number one. Uh, you can you can hold on, and we can get to you as soon as hour number two starts, or you can you can lightning round your way through this call. What do you think, Dan? I'll do whatever you want me to do, Brett. I, I enjoy talking to you a great deal. You want to hang on? Would you? Would you? Would, would you? Would you hold on? The, would you hold on through the break? That, that'd be great. Um, and and I'm still. I'm still upset about what uh, Drew's Cubs did earlier today, Brett. We can we can talk about that as well with the, with uh, Drew Smiley. Uh, we, we'll uh, we'll talk some some basketball in hour number two. There's some college football news which we did not get to yeah. on my show because basketball literally dominated all two hours. How do you because... feel briefly? How do you feel about college football getting rid of stopping the clock after first downs? It's the it's one of the very few things nowadays that has separated college from the NFL is the clock stopping after a first down. I haven't made a full decision, but I like it. I think I like it because it makes it to where they're trying to shorten the games is why they're doing this. And they said with the rule change, it will take away an average of seven plays per game. I which, don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm how much the, does that really change? I don't know. I'm on the fence about getting rid of the first down. My, the battle I'm fighting, if you're worried about speeding up a college football game, I want the NFL's replay process in college football. I think it needs to be coach-initiated. If you want to have a window, a grace period, final two minutes of each half where it's in, where it's where it comes from the booth, that's fine. But other than that, we should not be stopping plays because some guy upstairs thinks, oh, we maybe need... No, this needs to be challenges from the coaches. Mm-hmm. And, and my and my system, I've always thought... As long as you got a timeout, you got a challenge. Yeah, and if you and if you don't have any timeouts left, you don't have any challenges. And left. if you have a timeout and you use a challenge and you lose it, you lose the timeout. Exa- exactly. And so it's not like oh, he's got a certain number of challenges, a certain number of timeouts. No, you got a timeout. You can use, you know you can call a challenge, and and it goes, and then you get your timeout back if you win the challenge. But that's the way it probably. I mean, I, I would like to see that, but I get they're trying to make these games faster, and we saw what baseball did, you know, to implement some new rules. I'm not, I'm not shocked to see it. Brett will get to you. When we come back for hour number two, you are listening to the Friday edition of The Drive. Stick around. And 106.7 ESPN 106.7. WGZZ HD3 Waverly and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Doug Brown. Three NBA playoff games all on the family of networks tonight at 7 Eastern on ESPN. Celtics and Hawks game three. That's followed by the Nuggets and Timberwolves game three. Boston and Denver both lead 2-0. At 8.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and ABC, Cavaliers and Knicks Game 3 with the series tied at 1. Raptors head coach Nick Nurse is out. He had a year to go on his contract. 
ESPN's Tim Bontemps. I think this just sort of felt like it was time for everybody to part ways and start fresh. The Raptors have been one of the best organizations in the league for a long time. Masai and Bobby Webster, one of the best front offices. They've had a ton of success. Nick Nurse, I suspect, will be a coach somewhere else fairly soon. Tim Bontemps on Greeny. Nurse coached Toronto for five years, winning the NBA title in 2019, his first season. Giannis Antetokounmpo is questionable for the Bucks for Game 3 against the Heat tomorrow night with a bruised lower back. Ja Morant is questionable for the Grizzlies for Game 3 against the Lakers tomorrow night with a sore right hand. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? And one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com careers and apply online today. The sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck, Drew the Controls, Jacob Goings from On the Line, and the rest of the fine Auburn Network's programming we've got here. Uh, the, the, the Jacob. What else What else we got you doing? We got, uh, you're, you're the voice, voice of the Lee Scott Warriors, baby. Vo- voice of the Warriors. Yes, sir. Yes, Warriors. sir. Playoffs start next Thursday for Lee Scott Baseball. That's on AU100. It's 100.3 on your radio dial. We will be on the road at Fort Dale, the Eagles, on Thursday. It's a best of three series. Two games on Thursday, if game on Friday. And if they win that series, they will be on the road at rival Glenwood. So should be should be an exciting couple of weeks for Lee Scott postseason. Fort Dale's tough this Year you tell them you know, don't take don't take anybody lightly. That's you know, true. You, you got to watch Very out. Very true. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety is the number to dial. That's the uh, Key of Auburn hotline brought to you by our friends at Key of Auburn. Hour number two of the drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care. Locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Uh, you can text the show three three four five six four eighteen forty on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast. Talked about a lot of basketball in hour number one. There have been, uh, there's been news. Uh, Auburn hired an assistant coach. We didn't talk about that too much, but also, Auburn also had a decommitment from uh, from a big-time 2024 uh, guard, uh, Leandro Filon, and they picked up a commitment from the uh, University of Alabama Huntsville uh, player, uh, it, it, Cheney Johnson. We'll talk about all that and a whole lot more, but let's get to Brett, who's been hanging on uh, since the end of hour number one. What's up, Brett? Hey, Dan. You know, uh, this deal about the, uh, the Cubs and the Dodgers, you know, if you're a big boy, you you, you got to let the mice have their cheese every now and then. Dan. you know you, you you can't take it all the time. Nobody wins right? them all, right? Nobody nobody bats a thousand. Now, well, look, when you've got a franchise that's won what one World Series in the past what hundred or so years, I mean, you know, you, you got to let the mice have some cheese, man. That's right. That's right. Let them let them let, let them let them enjoy. Hey, let let them enjoy this time of year. Yeah. Hey, uh, I heard um, earlier someone was talking about uh, quarterback Grace McCall and all that, um, and uh, it kind of went off air for a while, so I hope I'm not repeating some, what somebody else said. Um, 
Did he talk about that uh, Ben Bryan from Cincinnati? I saw that on one of the message boards today. But it, it could be a possibility. Yeah, that's a name that has started to float around a little bit on on message boards and has popped up. Uh, I, I definitely think Auburn will will give him a call. Uh, he'll be. I mean, Auburn will reach out, but. Is he is he the go-to guy for Auburn on, on the top of their list? Probably not, uh, especially if somebody like a Grayson McCall does work out or, or possibly an Oregon State quarterback, a couple of different names that have popped up. But, no, I think the, the Cincinnati guy will definitely get, definitely get a call. Yeah, I, I think um, Ben Bryant, who who's, you know, started his career in the MAC at Eastern Michigan and, and then found his way to Cincinnati and was the starter for, for most of the season last year at Cincinnati, um, I think that if... If Auburn views him as an upgrade over what they've got right now, I would be surprised if they didn't enter enter the running to to be his, well, his next his, his next uh, his next destination. Yeah, but no, if if there was a shot at McCall, yeah, I'd say take McCall. But sixty one point two percent and twenty one to seven touchdown interception ratio that's that's nothing to sneeze at. Mm-hmm. You know. It, Especially if you were at Auburn, you know, and you, Auburn should have a good running attack. There's, year, there's so. the, I believe, huh? I believe there's, um, there's something of a concern about. Uh, was 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 he he was injured at the end of last year and maybe he went through spring practice so so maybe maybe the foot injury has as as uh is, is a thing in the past I would think maybe the injury would would hold him back but he appears to be recovered Emory Jones also battling to be uh, Cincinnati's starting quarterback by the way speaking of uh, uh familiar familiar names from the past and how about familiar names and linked to Cincinnati as of about 15 minutes ago Auburn's transfer wide receiver uh, Tavares Dawson committed to Cincinnati how about that Chick Dawson headed over there no, I, I, I would be I would be interested to see if Auburn makes a play for Ben Bryant. I, I think that's a that's a, I'm, I'm glad you brought him up, Brett. Well, I mean Auburn, yeah, he certainly can't run the ball like Ash, but Auburn needs someone who can throw the ball. I mean, that's just I think that's pretty obvious to everybody. I I believe he'd do a good job. If you look at some of the games he had playing at Cincinnati, I think one of them might have been against Arkansas and one might have been against Indiana. You know, so he's playing against two. Uh, not Alabama and Georgia. I'll tell you what else, though, Brett. I mean, looking back before he was at Cincinnati, um, for this guy who's got one year of eligibility left, by the way, he, he started his career in 2018, took a redshirt year, and, and then played uh, four years of college football, three of them. Well, he, start, he started his career at Cincinnati, went to Eastern Michigan, found his way back to Cincinnati and was the starting quarterback this past year, and now he's back in the portal. At Eastern Michigan, he nearly completed 70% of his passes, throwing over 400 attempts in the 2021 season. And I think Hugh Freeze understands, while, you know, like we were just saying with Chaney Johnson, there's an exchange rate when you're moving from the MAC to the SEC, but at the same time, accuracy travels. And you know that, that's yeah. that's something that's something that would tell me like does Auburn have a quarterback that would be a seventy percent completion guy in the MAC right now? I don't know. No. You know I, I mean, no. yeah, you're you're answering it more firmly than I am, but I'm 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 trending I'm trending that way, Brett. Yeah. Well, hey, last thing, Dan. Uh, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I'm just about ready to pull the trigger on my uh, Otani Dodger jersey. Have a great day. Appreciate the phone call. Good Brett. to hear from you, Brett. Yeah, all right, yeah. Start the uh, start the countdown. Still a lot of still a lot of baseball left in the in this season. And you know what, Drew? I would think your Cubs, uh, depending on what ownership wants to do, could also be a team that views themselves as a possible landing spot 
for uh, for, for Shohei Otani. I know. And I all know. we all we can hope is that my Red Sox are in the running. Yeah. Too. Although you know they they, they let guys go in yeah. ways. I mean, why why aren't Mookie and Xander? In Fenway Park right now. What's go, what's going on there? Don't, don't bring it up. Okay, <laughs> I, those are sore subjects. Am I nuts there? Like those no, are two. I mean, those are sore subjects. Yeah, the, the like, Xander Xander hurt. When did you guys but, become the Marlins? Yeah, that's it, what I want to know. It didn't hurt as bad because of what we went through with Mookie Betts. It was that was just unbelievable. It's ugh, it still hurts. No, man. I mean just I mean that's that's a like I, there are teams where I'm expecting them to be like okay, well they're they're going to let their top stars go right. That's that, you know you guys aren't one of them. Like that's just I mean that that's the surprising thing to me. And, and maybe J D Martinez who's gone. Yeah. I mean just yeah, it, it's the, nonstop. M- Mookie and Xander to me were guys I really thought were, were Red Sox for life. Like earlier in their careers, and, and they it, should have it, been. Should have been yeah. And it, it really is like that's you know for for folks who like the Dodgers don't. I mean Freddie Freeman was absolutely the Dodgers going out and getting the best free agent on the board and paying him more than than he was you know probably going to get anywhere else. A lot of these Dodger acquisitions were trades, and you know they, they gave up. You know, some stuff that they harvested in the farm system to go get. Now, then they've signed people to long, you know, expensive deals. But in the case of Mookie, it's like that, that wasn't, oh, the Dodgers made the biggest offer on the board in free agency. That was a team deciding to trade him in a contract year, which, yeah. you know, is just, yeah, just, just shocking to me. But anyways, uh, three, three, four, three, two, one, thirteen, ninety. Great stuff there, uh, from, uh, from Brett. And I'm, yeah, I'm glad he brought up Ben Bryant because that was, uh, that was something, uh, Christian Clemente mentioned on the, uh, the podcast I recently, uh, taped with him was, was that, uh, that the Cincinnati quarterback entering the portal could be viewed by uh, not just Auburn, but uh, but some of these major conference schools that need a quarterback. I think we got somebody outside, Drew, uh, trying to uh, uh, trying try to get in. But but the uh, uh, could could be could be one of our winners. Um, and the the uh, yeah, Drew, Drew's uh, Drew's on it. Yeah, Drew, He's Drew's, on it. Drew's out there. So, anyways, the uh, yeah, I I would imagine that if if Auburn views Ben Bryant as somebody who could uh, who could maybe step in and I mean with one year of eligibility left there's the question of even if he doesn't win the starting job if you go get somebody like that uh, can, can he can he help you in a lot of ways you know with with his veteran know-how a depth this guy, piece this is a guy who's been too I mean you say depth piece but I mean he's you know what I mean like he was he was 9 and 2 at Cincinnati starter last well, year I was saying if he doesn't win the starting job if he doesn't win the job right no I, I understand like his floor could could be that but I would I mean if I don't know what he's looking for in recruiting if Auburn signed him, I would I would probably view him as I mean it's it's tough not to view him as the favorite to win the job. You know if Auburn goes out and gets him, uh, yeah. Um, you know I I, I wonder <laughs> yeah. um yeah I wonder, I wonder what kind of market there's going to be for, uh, for for him uh, aside from if if there's if there's interest from Auburn remains to be seen. But but who else who else could potentially be after uh, a quarterback like that? But it comes back to a conversation that Carter and I have on my show on the line is. In today's game of college football, and especially to, and especially this year, when they moved the transfer portal up from May 1st and May 15th to April 15th through April 30th, now it is tougher than ever for a coach and a program. Take Auburn, for example, who, let's be honest, they're looking for a quarterback in the transfer portal. It's tough for them to gauge what's going to happen because some schools are already done with spring practice. Some schools are wrapping up spring practice tomorrow, a school like Alabama. And teams like Oregon and Maryland don't play their spring games until next Saturday, a day before the transfer portal closes. And so take a guy like a quarterback from Cincinnati. Auburn is probably interested, but where do you draw the line of, okay, let's go 
full in and push all our chips in on an all-in situation to him, or do we wait and see if somebody better hops in the portal next week when their spring is done, right? It's a really, really tough situation to be in right now, which it just makes it that much more difficult to be a college football coach right now. I kind of expected a depressed quarterback market, though, in, in this window because it's so tough to leave a team now and show up somewhere else and play. Like, and, and and there are other positions too, but it, it, unless you have, you know, unless you're a unless you're a close to a superstar level player, like it is really tough to show up in August and have and and, and make a huge impact unless you're showing up somewhere that has uh, a real position in need. You know what I mean? If if it's void of talent or something like that, you know that that that's an exception. But I, I was the December market made sense. Because guys understood, I need to go through spring practice with this team if I want to be on the field this fall. And I need to be enrolled as early as possible, so I can't dilly-dally and wait until May to make my decision about where I'm going to play this fall. I need to make it now. The the guys that are in the portal now, you know, if, if anything, I thought that the activity we would see in the portal this time are players that gave it a shot with a first-year head coach and decided, okay, this isn't for me. We've seen a couple of Auburn players decide to go in the portal. We've seen a couple of Colorado players go in the portal. There are a couple spots like that where, okay, you know, they, they, they gave it a shot with the new coach, and for one reason or another, now they're in the transfer portal. Uh, but for quarterbacks, I mean, if you're, if you're leaving your school now with the intention of being a starter somewhere else in 2023 – you need to have a track record as a successful player in college football. Not a lot of hype as a recruit and someone who was a backup who didn't win the job. Because if you've never played before, the notion that you're going to jump to a different school and figure everything out in four months and be ready to go opening day, I mean, that's... I mean, good luck. That's I mean, a tall task. Yeah, I mean, via, via con Dios, if, and you can, if you can make it happen. Yeah, especially over the summer where you're not having official practices, where you're only going to have the, what, two weeks of fall practice? Now, if you're if you're Grayson McCall, and I would even throw, you know, this, this Bryant guy has been a starter for two years at different schools, and so I would think even he's got a track record where it would be more realistic to show up on campus in the second half of April and... Be the starting quarterback in uh, in 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 August. I forget when forget when Daniels showed up on campus at LSU. Ah, uh, yeah. But he, I believe he was a pretty late arrival who still was able to make. I mean, they didn't they didn't lose a game in the SEC West last year, so it so it can be done. Uh, but uh, th- that is uh, you know it's just the, the the added difficulty of being a late arrival who wants to, especially since so many of these decisions are made with playing time in mind. Well, if you're if you're leaving. I mean, unless you're dropping down a level or two, uh, the notion that you're going to get more playing time at a place where you didn't go through spring practice and you're not enrolling until May and you can't officially start going through practices until August, um, I mean, you, 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 I mean, you better, you, you better be ready to go. You know, once, once thing, if, if you're gonna, if you're gonna make that work, uh, or else. Uh, it could be, you know, a, a difficult, you know, a difficult football season. And let, and one other part to that, unless you you were beat out at a school in a quarterback battle, that was just an unbelievable room. Take 
Georgia, for example. I don't think that is going anywhere anymore. There was some noise a while a while back about possibly, you know, a Brock Vandergriff or something who look, Georgia's got fourteen stars in their in their quarterback room right now. Like they have a lot of dudes over there, but it would still be a tall task for somebody like that to come into a place like Auburn or anywhere else, like you mentioned, Dan, and come in and work out through the summer practice for two weeks in the fall and try to be the man. Well, and, and the added wrinkle, of course, with Georgia and with Alabama is that an underclassman who transfers in conference is ineligible Correct. in this transfer portal window. So if Carson Beck or Brock Vandergriff, uh, pres- presumably they don't have the, or the other one, the one, Gunnar Stockton, is, is it the, the, the one from, uh, uh, from Tiger, Tiger, Georgia? So if one of those Georgia quarterbacks, assuming they're not, they haven't received their undergraduate degree already, you know, if they went into the portal, uh, they would have to leave the SEC or sit out the 2023 season, which you know I, I think would would depress their value a little bit. I just I wonder with uh, with with both of those situations if we will see a defection from Alabama or Georgia, uh, and if so, will any of those quarterbacks like wait, are they on the field this fall? And if so, where? Right, like that's because I would think it's just real tough to, especially if you because in those cases we're talking about guys that haven't played college football, like they've been backups. But have have not been leaned on as their team's starting quarterback for an extended period of time, and to uh, to to try to uh, to try to go to a new school, unless, like I said, you drop down a level or two. You know, if if it's uh, what's the Sam Heward is mm. the quarterback from Washington, who I thought when Sam Heward went in the portal, I thought, all right, that's that that was a big time high school. You know, that was a five star coming out of high school who. Thought he'd be on the field at Washington, got beaten out by a grad transfer, and is looking elsewhere. I think he ended up in like Cal Poly or something, right? I mean, like guy because because my guess is he's going to go on the field, and and if he plays well, who knows what kind of market could be there for Sam Heward the, the next time he right. wants to or, take a step back to take his two steps forward type of thing. Well, and not to mention, you know, we just saw Trey Lance go third overall in the draft a couple of years ago, so it's not like you can't play your way into. You know, a high-level NFL draft consideration at a place like that. So Josh Allen, Wyoming, exactly. I mean, you, and, and even I mean, Josh Allen was FCS, but I mean, Josh Allen was was uh, was group of five. But it's like, I mean, you you can even get you know to to the FCS level and stuff like that. I mean, it, it it's uh, it, it's remarkable. And so, yeah, that there are the the way things could shake up at quarterback. Does Auburn add someone? If so, who it is? You know, what what does that mean for the rest of the room? You know, that that's something I. Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad Ben brought it up because it's one of the pressing questions with this team and uh, and, and maybe Ben Bryant from Cincinnati, the the, the player he was asking about, uh, maybe that is the uh, maybe that's the eventual answer. We'll, we'll find out. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety is the number to dial. We will take our first break of our number two and be back with more. You are listening to the drive. Live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Hour number two of the... Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck, Jacob Goins from On The Line, the voice of Lee Scott Academy, and Drew at the controls, doing a great job as always. Talk to some basketball and some football uh, in the uh, in the show thus far. We had a, uh, a great call there from Brett wondering about 
Auburn's uh, involvement in the recruiting of another uh, player from the portal who's jumped in of late, Ben Bryant, the uh, Cincinnati quarterback. Glad he mentioned that. We've um, let's see here. We've 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 had in the last day or so. Now now is the news about the assistant coach official? Because I've hinted at the news regarding Auburn's new uh, basketball. It's being reported everywhere. So I know. I, being, I think well, it's being reported everywhere, and I know he changed his bio on social media, which is you know as important as just about uh, as as just about anything else. I think we got somebody else uh, trying to. Uh, uh, try, trying to enter the premises. You want to buzz them in there? There we go. And the does he have a? I, th- I think I think he got. I think he grabbed his. Yep, good to go. Congratulations, right. so, congratulations to our winners. We got people picking up baseball tickets. Are we? Um, how about that, Drew? Are we out of baseball tickets? We aren't. We are not out of baseball tickets. Hey, what, what do we got? We got two pairs of tickets for Sunday. And a pair of tickets for tomorrow. Okay, so we've got three more pairs of baseball tickets that got to go by the end of the show. Line it up. 334-321-1390. If you want a pair of tickets to Sunday where Mississippi State's going to throw the guy who throws with both arms, you got to see that, uh, then, then call in. Or we've got one more ticket, uh, one more pair of tickets to uh, Saturday. So, Drew, get in position. Uh, folks, you can call in right now and win those tickets. 334-321-1390 wins you a pair of tickets to see Auburn baseball this weekend against the Mississippi State uh, Bulldogs. And, uh, and yeah, so, so the, the Auburn basketball coach news, do you have his name right in front of you? I'm, I'm yeah, pull, so, of course, Wes Flanagan, uh, Wes Flanagan headed to Ole Miss. Corey Williams, from uh, the assistant coach from Texas Tech, uh, the Red Raiders, he was actually their interim head coach down the stretch when their head coach got fired. He, he finished out the year for them. Uh, he's been around college basketball for a while. Uh, he was, that was his third season at Texas Tech as the assistant coach. Whoa, 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 he's on the, he was on the 93 Bulls? Yeah, he played in the NBA. Wow! Yeah, that's, no, that now that's cool. Yeah, how about I mean, nothing that? Against, look, it's very. I mean, high level, high level assistant coach. I, I knew, I knew a lot of the details. <laughs> well, no, I knew a lot of the details about. Uh, um, well, he was he was there uh, for Musselman uh, mm-hmm. at, at Arkansas. For he was cr- three credited, years, 2019, 2020, 2021. Yeah, credited uh, cr- credited as as one of Musselman's uh, top assistants, and uh, and uh, did well, I believe, at Florida State. He was at Florida State. As he was well. from 07 to 13. Did not know he was on the 93 Bulls. That's yeah, how about cool. that? Isn't that played, cool? played for Eddie Sutton at Oklahoma State uh, back in the day. So, uh, no, this is a this is a nice addition, and we should we should mention uh, that the Texas Tech connection could be important as well uh, for Corey Williams because there's top there's a, there's a very highly regarded player in the portal, uh, Jalen Tyson, uh, who is uh, transferring out of Texas Tech. He's been the uh, the you know one of the top producing players on the Red Raiders last few seasons. He's in the portal. Uh, he, he would, I think, be viewed as a as an option at the uh, at the small forward, power forward position. You know, for for a team that's been linked to Matthew Cleveland and Devin Cambridge, and they signed Cheney Johnson earlier today. One would think Auburn is in the market for players who can produce at the wing. And may I mean, I think it depends on how you view. Jalen Tyson or Matthew Cleveland, but they might be like a one A one B, you know, as as far as what they were, not just coming out of high school, but also how they've produced as college basketball players. And if Auburn can't come away with Matthew Cleveland, and who knows, but a lot of schools are in the Matthew Cleveland sweepstakes. It, coming away with Jalen Tyson would be a, an, I mean, it's not a consolation prize whatsoever. I mean, you're 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 getting something pretty close to the gold medal. In, in that sweepstakes. So that would be, and, and I, again, I don't know if there's been, you know, how much talk there's been between Auburn and Jalen Tyson, but the fact that the Texas Tech interim head coach down the stretch, we saw, we saw players follow Philip Montgomery 
to Auburn from Tulsa. Not exactly the same situation here, but Auburn did hire uh, Texas Tech's uh, most recent uh, the guy who finished the year as the head coach at Texas Tech is now coming to Auburn, and one might think that he could bring a star Red Raider with him. Right. I mean, there's it, it can't hurt, right? I mean, it can't hurt to, when you hire uh, the the interim head coach in the final few games for Texas Tech as one of your uh, assistant coaches. He was the assistant coach at Texas Tech. He just filled in when their head coach was fired. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it can't hurt. I'm not... We have no idea what, what, like you said, we don't know what the communication's been like, but I'm sure that will, uh, could give Auburn a, a hand up in the situation if, if that is where they decide to go. And you're right. He is a, is a fantastic player and he would not be, he would not be, well, we missed out on this guy. So I guess we'll have to go get him. No, he would be a fantastic pickup if Auburn's able to go that route. So yes, uh, we'll see if Auburn gets him or if, if Auburn goes after him. But Corey Williams replacing, uh, Wes Flanagan, who of course is going to coach at Ole Miss under Chris Beard and that, that should be a, a competitive program, I would think, immediately in, in Oxford. Yeah, I, uh, I just read uh, The Jordan Rules, which is Sam Smith's book about... Sam Smith was a, a beat writer in Chicago covering uh, the, the Bulls during the Jordan era, and he wrote sort of a diary of every month uh, of, of the first championship season for the Chicago Bulls with, with you know a lot of access, a lot of interviews and stuff like that. And there's great stories about uh, Phil Jackson in, in there and, and the notion that yeah, someone who played for Phil Jackson is, uh, is now on the Auburn staff. Granted, everything else too. You know, I know, I know he's, he's more than just a former Chicago Bull from the mid-90s. It doesn't is a, matter where he coached. He is, was on the Bulls. He was on the Bulls <laughs> with Phil Jackson and that... Uh, that 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 piques my interest. It's actually, I, the first line on his resume. Yeah, I take I take Rodman. You know, you know. So so it's uh, no. This this is a nice pickup. And and Jalen Tyson uh, is the uh, is the small forward originally from Plano, Texas. Was uh, one of the top forty players in the country coming out of high school. Uh, was originally a Texas uh, commit who I think dropped out and went to. Uh, I, I think he he maybe spent a year at Texas and then during the season. The following year, winning the poor, like like spent half a year at Texas, and you know, so I, I believe that was also that had to do with the the, the Chris Beard situation there. But uh, he's or no, it was it was before that. So it was, but but Jalen Tyson's bounced around a little bit in the portal, expected to be eligible immediately, and one, and one would think that uh, uh that, that Auburn could be a player. Now they brought in Corey Williams. Dan, are you saying that you would be okay if Steve Kerr wanted to come and be an assistant coach yeah. at Auburn because he played on the Bulls with Michael Jordan back in the day? Sure, I'd take Steve Kerr. I'd take you know, there's there's any any number of uh, any number of. I mean, he's busy right now. I mean, we'll see we'll see what the, what the Warriors and the Kings can do the, uh, the the rest of this series. But I think there's uh, I don't know, man. Phil Jackson is fascinating. You know, he got a hit off Satchel Page once. Right. Really true story. Three three four three two one. I did not thirteen ninety. That. That's right. We'll be back with more. You are listening to the drive. The drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. The Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Jacob Goins from on the line, hanging out. Drew at the controls. Bill Cameron in Nashville. He'll be back uh, soon. Uh, I think. I think 
Dole will be back on Monday. I, I actually so he says. Yeah, I don't have the, uh, the, the confirmation on that, but I, I think Bill will be back. He might have said it on the show and I wasn't listening, but he, he, I, Think we'll be back on Monday, so we'll we'll see if Bill uh, has a has a chance to return, and if he does, he'll tell us all about his uh, Nashville uh, vacation. We we've been talking about a busy last twenty four hours for Auburn men's basketball. We would say that. I mean, even even yesterday, I was talking about this with Brian Matthews. This is a period where the other shoe or or some other shoe can drop at any time because the portals are open in base in 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 football and basketball. And there are coaching vacancies. There are players who have to make NBA draft decisions. And that's, with, with regards to Cheney Johnson, who Auburn just signed today, my, my guess would be, I mean, I, I don't want to say that it, it means that Alan Flanagan is leaving. Because I don't, I don't know if Cheney Johnson signing with Auburn means that Alan Flanagan is no longer in the mix. I would think that it's tougher to sell players who play that position uh, if if there's a belief that Alan Flanagan is returning? That's been my thought, and I think that's a pretty common opinion, is that Alan Flanagan will not return, especially with his father no longer being a coach here. I yeah, think that w- plays into that. What's so strange, though, is, be, be, and this is partially because of the, the rules that changed, the eligibility rules, that were the exemptions that were granted to players that played during COVID-19 is that I don't know if Alan Flanagan has to declare for the draft because technically he's a senior who's exhausted his eligibility, but he has another year of eligibility left because of the, the, the COVID year. The deadline for the underclassmen to declare for the NBA draft is like this weekend. I think it's it's in the next 72 hours. So I would think that Alan Flanagan needs to announce that he's going pro if he's going pro. At the same time, maybe he doesn't need to, and he's just automatically in the draft, and it's a matter of whether or not he wants to utilize the extra year of eligibility. So I, I don't know if an announcement is forthcoming. I've been waiting. I've been, I've been expecting an announcement shortly from Alan Flanagan for like three weeks. Yeah, And it's like, we haven't gotten it, and even if that announcement is, I'm coming back, which Alan is well within his rights to return, and I think if Alan Flanagan came back, uh, that would would be another weapon in the arsenal for Bruce Pearl uh, building this team. So, you know, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm just sort of waiting for, I'm waiting to see what Alan Flanagan wants to do, because he could, he could stay at Auburn, he could... Uh, he could go play anywhere else in college basketball, and I imagine if Alan Flanagan announced that he wanted to use his final year of eligibility in college basketball and was opening his recruitment up, I think there. I mean, you you can assume because of uh, you know because of his dad getting hired at Ole Miss, maybe he'd want to follow his dad, but he's played for his dad for a couple of years. Maybe he'd want to go anywhere else. I mean, maybe he wants to go somewhere that he thinks can win the national championship this year. Like Alan Flanagan's got, if he wants to pursue that, he's got options. For a couple of years, people have talked about his pro potential and uh, you know and, and his draft status. Maybe he wants to finally begin his professional career. Maybe he wants to come back to Auburn. But it's it's and, and I, don't, I don't know what kind of timeline he's on. So like maybe and, and I know the roster says he's on the team right now. So maybe no announcement is coming and Alan Flanagan is coming back and he's going to be enrolled this fall. But it's it's a it's a strange bit of and not even like suspicious, but just. Um, it's it's a holding pattern that has gone on longer than I was expecting. Yeah, me too. And I think, again, my my thought is that 
he will not be on Auburn's roster. And look, if he returns, does he benefit Auburn? Sure. And I think he he makes when he's playing his best, he makes Auburn better. And he was getting better at the end of the season. And I think one more year in college for Alan Flanagan would help him get back to near where he was when at one point in his career, Dan, he was projected as a lottery pick in the NBA draft. Now, do I think he gets back to that point? No. But I think one more year in college could get him closer to that than where he is right now. And I, my opinion is that he will transfer and he'll go play somewhere where he can do that, whether it be Ole Miss with his father, whether it be another team in the SEC or a Power 6 team. We'll find out. But I, I just don't think it's at Auburn anymore. And if it is, great. But if not, I think Auburn has the opportunity to upgrade from Alan Flanagan. Yeah, if I had to um if I had to guess, you know, where where Alan Flanagan is next year, my assumption would be that, that he's not gonna utilize his extra year, but I don't know. And um and, and it, it is available to him. So let's uh let, let's see, you know, what, what he what he decides to do, and that's something that could be clarified any minute, like there could be an announcement from Allen about what he wants to do, uh, you know, and and, and that that's something that we could know more about. And the way Auburn's been pursuing other players who plays his position gives you an indication uh, that they're not expecting him back. But uh, th- that also could be insurance, you know, depending on what Allen wants to do. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety, the number to dial. Let's get to Mitch, who's on the phone. What's up, Mitch? Hey guys, uh, kind of change the subject just a little bit. I'm a uh, Big history buff, and, and today is uh, uh, kind of, uh, at least to me, I mean, um, uh, we got Queen Elizabeth's birthday. She would have been 97. Um, the Red Baron got shot down in World War One today, and probably the biggest one to me, because I was a humongous fan, and Dan, I know you love music, we lost Prince today back in uh, 2016. So, uh here at the Kelly household down in uh, North Walton County, it's going to be a Prince celebration tonight on mm. Friday. Yeah, no, I, I was, uh, I, I was, I was in Los Angeles for the uh, the month that Prince did the residency, and um, and and couldn't couldn't go to uh, one of those shows. But I, I was, uh, yeah, a big Prince fan, and um, upset when you know it. So his um that that's one of the celebrity passings that i remember like really vividly as like a, a just just a bombshell like oh i got a like i mean i guess some people knew that he he'd had some health problems but it was you know really really shocking the news breaking and it's one of those ones where you know there there are I, there are a couple of celebrity deaths where i remember you know you really got to do your due diligence on social media to make sure it's not a fake before you like before you know like when david bowie died you know it was like eh, you know actually right. when you know mitch when david bowie died i was i was so shocked that reading the story in variety or on variety's website it was like artist david bowie and i was like there's another david bowie other than the other than the musician and, and singer that I like I, I could not process that it was the David Bowie that 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 you know that that I knew you know knew and loved so uh no it was uh no very very sad when uh, when, when Prince passed away and and uh yeah that that was uh, were you, I, I didn't know you were a Prince guy Mitch Oh 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 yeah I mean uh 1999 yeah. I mean I mean when, when when the movie came out and it was in Auburn at the Village Theater which that's way before your time, which I think the bank is there now, uh, right there on Gay Street. But uh, yeah, we, Bill knows. We Bill knows the village. Uh, Bill's told me stories about the Village Theater. I, I, I know. Yeah, of, I yeah. know of the Village Theater. 
Yeah, yeah, I saw I saw Star Star Wars and Smoking the Bandit in that theater, but uh, that's a great but one. Yeah, when when yeah, but when it came out, when the movie came out, I think in 1984, and it was R rated. We couldn't get in, so I I did not get to see that until it came out on uh, VHS, which was, you know, right at its infancy, you know, back then in the the early to mid-80s. So, yeah, just, I mean, yeah, huge Prince fan, and yet never got to see him in concert or anything like that. And, yeah, so, but, uh, but yeah, um, just wanted to bring that up. But um, uh, getting back to sports, uh, this Pitcher on on Sunday that can throw left and right handed does does he like have a backpack on with a different glove or does he use the same glove when he changes hands? You know, I think there's a switch pitcher glove um, that that guys wow. that, that that people can use. I, I actually should um, I should know more about that. I I thought he I thought he doesn't like I I thought he had a. Um, I thought he had a switch pitch glove. Like I, I thought he had a glove that he can use, but but I I might. I, I need to. I need to do more information about that before I give you an answer, Mitch. Sounds good, but yeah, I just wanted to bring up the history thing and uh, uh, love the show. Uh, uh, I hope uh, uh, Bill had a good time up in uh, Nashville last time. The wife and I were there. We had a great time. Got some hot chicken. Uh, it burned her up and it burned me up, and we got like the mile. So uh, <laughs> nice, yeah. No, that, that, that yeah. Food. No, I, I think I think Bill knows what he's doing with spicy food. Appreciate the phone call, Mitch. Great stuff. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial. We got some other calls Matt. on the line. We got Matt up next. What's up, Matt? Hey guys, uh, just curious. Uh, how come uh, Bruce Pearl and I, I'm not questioning him at all. I'm just curious if there's a, a motivation, if there's a uh, strategy behind him. But he seems to go for uh, smaller school players. Uh, like the University of Alabama, Huntsville, instead of going for like players from Missouri or like Texas Tech, instead he goes for smaller, smaller schools. I was wondering if you know if there's any strategy behind that and why, why he's not going for bigger school transfers. You know, I think part of that is that um, it's just it's just there there are every circumstance is different as to you know why a player is in the portal i mean auburn has signed uh, transfers from from bigger schools too and, and walker walker kessler is the the most prominent example probably you know coming from north carolina but the uh, uh no it's 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 absolutely i mean it's, it's astute that auburn has been willing to dip into uh, the uh, in, into the the group of 5 the mid major ranks and now with uh, uh with Cheney johnson they'll go into the into the d2 ranks you know m- maybe I don't know. That, that's an you know as as to why. I mean that's a uh, that's that's an interesting. I mean, it just seems like that's where the players you know, they're they're evaluating every player based on who's going to fit in. And you know, I think if they thought that players from Arizona were a the best fit and b players they could go get, uh, you know, I, I think that's what that's what they would do. And I just threw Arizona out there as as, as one example. I mean, players from just about anywhere in major conference basketball. Um, but but no, I think they've uh, you know I, I think Auburn prides itself on its ability to go find guys who. Are looking for an opportunity in a major conference ball and, and and are are able to produce. I just feel like at this point in Bruce Pearl's Bruce Pearl's career that he should, he should be competing for a championship and looking for transfers that have had experience at a bigger level and uh, against tougher competition at this point. Well, and and Auburn is in on Matthew Cleveland, who was Florida State's you know top player for for a couple of years. You know, there, there's talk that uh, uh and and no, I, I think it's an it's. It's a valid thing to want Auburn, like it's a valid thing to want Auburn to pursue. You know the best players possible in the portal. 
Um, but and and in some cases, Auburn has been able to go out and get uh, the, the best players possible in the portal. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. But Walker Kessler was was highly was highly sought after. North Carolina when, when Auburn you know when Auburn was able to land him two years ago. Uh, but uh, no, it's it's uh, it's 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 a it's an it's an interesting question. I think it comes down to a, a a diamond in the rough type of thing where if you go and maybe and sometimes these guys that that Bruce Pearl and Auburn are recruiting are under recruited coming out of high school and are also under recruited in the transfer portal. And I, when I say the diamond in the rough, I don't mean that there aren't good players at lower level schools, but. Maybe that's the mindset is, okay, we can get ahead in our recruiting and get ahead in in getting our name in the door on these players before other big-time programs realize, oh, wait, that guy can actually play. Yeah, and, and I also would wonder how many, um, yeah, I mean, just, just how many guys from major conference basketball are, uh, are, are, are going into the portal and looking – you know, for for an, like that would, that would address a need at Auburn. Because I'm not saying Auburn's overlooking these guys, but but I don't think Auburn is. I mean, we've seen Auburn go get and Katie Johnson's another example. Katie Johnson transferred from Georgia, so I mean, there's there's a couple of. I mean, Auburn hasn't Auburn's been willing to go bring in transfers from from big schools too. I just think you know they're they're evaluating every player as to you know is, is this guy going to help us? And if he comes from Eastern Kentucky, that's great. And if he comes from Kentucky. Like that, that, that's great. And Auburn will, you know, Auburn will take it either way. Right. Like I, I, but it's, but it, no, but it, but it's absolutely true that, that Auburn has, like, I think it's, you know, I, I think it's a credit to Auburn that they've been able to go and find players from smaller schools and, and help them become really productive players. But I can also understand why, you know, folks would think, well, we, you know, we need to be go getting transfers from, uh, from, from national championship contenders to, to contend for a national championship ourselves. How many of those guys are in the portal? Is, is a right, fair question. and I understand the point too of of wanting to go get guys that have been playing against better competition, right? So that way they're more quote unquote battle tested when they come into Auburn, and there's not the step up of what we've been talking about with uh, with Auburn picking up uh, Cheney Johnson from UAH, right? The Division Two player, where we're talking about if you know he has to be able to take his game to the next level from a Division Two standpoint to an SEC Division One power. Six levels. So I get the argument of wanting guys to have better competition experience, but so far it seems to be working out pretty well for Bruce. And like you said, Dan, it's all about in the transfer portal fulfilling a need and and finding guys that fit the puzzle that you're building of a program. It doesn't really matter if they're from wherever, if they're from Washington State or from Eastern Washington yeah. or, or like you said, Kentucky well, well, or Duke. Auburn, Auburn's been able to find some. I think Auburn prides itself on the notion that you know you go find someone who. Uh, was uh, you know he comes in hungry and and ready to uh, uh, to prove himself at the major conference level and, and Auburn's had success with with guys like I mean Wendell and Zepp and Janai Broom you know is, is somebody who who started at a mid major level before jumping to Auburn so yeah I think uh, uh, it's it's uh, it's it's been it's been a weapon for Auburn of late but I you know I, I can understand folks folks want, wanting to see if it's a strategy you know there Let, let's get to John before we take a break I know we're right up against it at the bottom of the hour but let's let's get to John. Hey, hey, guys, I'll try to be concise, um, consideration of your time. But Dan, you said something this past week on, uh, on, on the air that had me thinking. And that was, you know, when teams, if teams got, get set seven or eight wins in December, they should consider maybe just 86 in the idea of a bowl game, which I would fully be on board with because of the transfer portal. But my question is on a deeper level, should there not be some consideration to moving the spring transfer portal or maybe just staying 
scrubbing spring football and moving that to fall when you know you're going to have a full roster and your freshmen in. I'm just wondering with the transfer portal, maybe we ought to consider some some changes on that. Um, I think that's really all I got, guys. But that was just a thought I had. No, I I think that coaches like spring football, and I, and I think players who you know newly arrived to the team like spring football. What I think the combination of the portal being as busy as it is in January or in in December, if anything, it's made spring football more important because now you have you have so much roster turnover that those practices are you know the first chance for a, a new arrival on campus to show that he belongs and and prove to the coaches that they they fulfilled a need in the in the portal. So now I think it's. Uh, I mean, maybe we'll see the timeline adjusted as far as when the portal opens and when, which when, should happen when, when spring football happens. You know, things like that. But I don't think I don't think spring football is going anywhere because it's it's more important than ever with so much turnover uh, in January. We got to take a break. We're we're uh, we're running out of time here, so we will be back with more. Appreciate the phone call, John. Stick around. You're listening to the drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. All right, final segment of the show, fun show, fun week. Missed Bill Cameron, obviously, and, and he'll be back soon. But having uh, have, having a, uh, a a motley crew come in and, and steer the ship has has been uh, great. Want to say thanks to everybody who helped out. Brian Matthews pulled double duty. AuburnSports.com. Uh, we had Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer uh, drop in on Tuesday. Jason Caldwell uh, from Auburn. 247 came by uh, earlier this week, and, and Jacob Goins from On the Line uh, sat in for the whole show today. So, yeah, big big shout-out to uh, to everybody who helped out this week as we uh, were able to uh, to put on a couple of shows. Without Bill, he will be back on Monday to tell us all about uh, his trip up to Nashville, his anniversary as well. as uh, so, so happy anniversary to the Camerons. I think it's today. It's either today or tomorrow, but ha- happy anniversary uh, to the uh, to, to the Camerons, and, and we will uh, look forward uh, to Bill's arrival. Uh, you got your uh, you got your beloved Celtics uh, going yes. tonight, right? Drew, yes. Drew, Drew and I were trolling you about maybe going up to the game and uh, and cheering for the Hawks uh, the, the whole time. We're not we're not going to do that. Uh, but yeah, good good luck to your. The East feels wide open to me. Like, I, yeah. I have no idea. What's I going mean, on it's there. pretty wide open. You've got the Celtics. You've got the Sixers. Uh, you've uh, yeah. I, I think the Celtics are going to be just fine. Though, are I the think. Bucks are the Bucks cooked? No, no, they're fine. All right. They're all right. I, I mean, mean, they got to get Giannis back. I know. They got to yeah. get Giannis well, back. Well, I mean, for my sake. I mean, eh, you know. I mean, it and then there's and then there's that Cleveland New York series. Nobody cares. Yeah, whatever. Nobody cares about Drew's beloved Cavaliers. All right, that's it for us this week on the drive. Thanks again uh, to uh, to everybody for helping out, Jacob. Great job, yes, uh, sir. For 